What up? What up? Once again, you get the Vikings happy hour song. You get the intro. You got a whole different cast of characters up in here. I am not Matt Anderson. Again, it's Jason Brown hosting this week. And we got Miles and Flip in the house for this week's episode. But before we go any farther, before we listen to what's going on with the bo- with the boys, before we see what Flip's been up to, we got to talk about your Lake Monster. That's Badass Woodart. Also, Eastside Jiu-Jitsu, as they sponsor this wonderful show that you are listening to or watching today. So with all that out of the way, Flip, I feel like we got to start with you. I feel like you got like a all little, right. something, little news and stuff. So like, where you been? We haven't seen you on the air in a little while. Like, what's uh, what's happened? What's going on with you, man? Yeah, man, just living out here in California. My uh, my wife and I were blessed with a baby girl uh, just, what, 11 days ago? So she is brand new. And the craziness, as you both know well, has ensued. But just taking it one day at a time, like I said, we're extremely blessed just to have a little girl right now trying to soak it in before got to go back to the day job. All right. Hey, man, them 11 days feel like six months. I can tell you that. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling it's, worth it. it's worth it. It's worth it. But congrats, Flip. Yeah, for better or the worse, that we got the... Uh, we got a strong set of in-laws. We got three aunties and a grandma. And I don't, I don't even, I just leave my door unlocked because somebody's <laughs> coming in or somebody's going to be here when I, or when I get here, help it out. Yeah. So that's a beautiful thing though. That's a beautiful yeah. thing. Cause like that, like the only, the only cheat code, the only parenting hack that there really is, is just live close to family or the grandparents. Yeah. Like, that's really yeah. it. <laughs> Well, congratulations, Flip. Uh, you're a soldier. I know Thank I certainly you. wasn't recording podcast 11 days into uh, to any of uh, of after the birth of either of the girls. So, uh, yeah, let's we'll hop see. in. We got you here. You don't, you you don't know how long I'm going to last. You don't know how long it's going to last. All right. Well, let's jump right in then. Uh, you know, it's the off season, but there's still always some stuff to talk about. And uh, we're going to talk about everyone's favorite thing to talk about. Mr. Kirk Cousins. You know, so... Very recently, all offseason, the contract, do we extend, not extend, all of that's kind of been, you know, a talking point across all of the shows, Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, everywhere. Should we do it? Shouldn't we do it? Kirk kind of squashed all that in his press conference, was like, basically, I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going to bet on myself yet again. And we can table those talks till after the season. My guess is Kirk is hoping that, you know, he puts up great numbers again. Maybe puts the Vikings in a position where they're not anywhere close to, you know, grabbing, you know, a surefire, you know, top tier quarterback in the draft. Put that leverage back on on his side and like, you know, get in there and do some negotiating from that position. So, you know, Flip, you, you haven't been around for a little bit. What are your thoughts on, you know, Kirk kind of doing what he's always done, betting on himself? And how do you feel about the way that like Quasi's handled this? Because I've seen some folks mm-hmm. saying that like, you know, Quasi squandered his leverage and like all these other things. And, you know, once again, Kirk's going to have the Vikings over a barrel and all of those sorts of things. And so I'm curious, like what your perspective is on where we're at, how these negotiations have gone and like how it sets the team up for the future. Yeah, I think I'll start by saying I'm, I'm not on the interwebs, so Whatever has happened out there, y'all can tell me. But just from my perspective, if you just start with Quasi, I mean, negotiations is all about what your best alternative is. And 
when going into those talks with Kirk Cousins, he, he was not in a position, you know, blame him, blame Rick Spielman, you know, blame the blame the development of the coaches, Mike Zimmer staff, but the Vikings did not have an alternative that makes sense compared to Kirk Cousins. It was take a step back at quarterback or continue on with Kirk. And so there was no leverage to be had. It was either like, look, get get worse or pay Kirk Cousins. That's that's just what it is. And that easily may be what it is at in 2023, where it's get worse or or pay Kirk Cousins in March 2024. And we're, we're facing a very similar situation to Daniil Hunter, which we'll get into. But you either just got to be like, look, are you willing to bite the bullet? Are you willing to bite the bullet? There, there's no really way out of that unless Jaron Hall, you know, takes off. <laughs> uh, from, Kirk, from Kirk's standpoint, it's like, look, I'm 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 motherfucking Kirk Cousins, okay? I just got paid. I just got paid before having a great year in a new offense going 13 13 and 4. I'm going into the second year of an offensive system which I haven't done since I've been in Minnesota. I've got a Netflix special coming out on me. I've made this bet in a contract year several times. So, yeah, I'm going to roll the dice again. And, look, somebody's going to have to pay me if I make good on that bet. So, of course, there's just as may, people may think that Kwesi doesn't have any leverage right now, well, if things go according to plan for the Vikings in 2023, there's going to be even less leverage for, for Kwesi at the end of the year. So, of course, Cook would wait and bet on himself. Awesome. So, Miles, what are your thoughts? Because I know – you know, last week you maybe had some different thoughts on how this thing maybe could or should play out. So now that you're hearing Kirk kind of be like, hey, I'm going to roll the dice. I guess, does that change any of what you were thinking before? Or do you think maybe that writing's on the wall, that's kind of expediting what we kind of were, maybe we're already thinking that like, you know, this could potentially be Kirk's last year with the Vikings. I think Kirk has, has, has always publicly tried to say the right things but he's never shown it through the negotiation window. And I mean that by Kirk's always said, I want to retire Viking. I want to, like, he's been saying those things the last couple of years. I want to earn the right to like retire a Viking. I think if he really wanted to do that, and I'm not saying he should have taken, taken less money, but Kirk had an opportunity a couple of years ago, not even just last off season, but when Rick Spielman was here to take a long-term extension from the Vikings mm-hmm. and he never did it. He always chose the short-term I'm going to like continue to bet on myself, but get the guaranteed money on those, those short-term, short-term deals. Well, the older he gets, the less teams are going to be willing to do that. And when you look at a crazy who's in a new regime, his leverage is, is that he's not the old regime. So he doesn't have to give Kirk those same deals that Rick Spielman basically had to, because he basically bet his career on Kirk cousins. Like, like we could say what it is, but that's kind of what he did when they signed him to that mm-hmm. first fully fully guaranteed deal in 2018. So Kwesi doesn't have that same like obligation that the old regime did. And if Kirk wants to be a Viking, if Kirk wanted to be a Viking beyond this year, he'd assign the one year extension again, or the, whatever it was that was put in front of him. And he doesn't have to do that. I'm not saying Kirk has to do anything. He, Kirk doesn't want to do, but Kirk is getting to the point where he's going to have to play this year to year window on the Vikings terms, not on Kirk's terms anymore. 
And I think Quasi and, and company, yeah, they, I think they would like Kirk to be here for another, at least another year because I think they'd like to have a plan in place before they officially move on. But I think they also understand that they, they also – it's a two-way street. Like Kirk has to agree to that as well. It's not just like them. So, but I also like that it feels like Quasi's not willing to budge after off, off a certain, like, whether it's a number or years or whatever it seems to be, he's not willing to budge off that. And I, I applaud him for that because it would be easy just to say, here you go, Kirk, here's a two-year fully guaranteed, eighty let's say $80 million deal, right? Like he could do that again mm-hmm. and just get Kirk signed through 2025 if he wanted to do that. But he knows that he needs that flexibility of that long-term of, of the long-term money because he's got guys like Justin Jefferson. He's got to think about TJ Hawkinson, Christian Derrissaw and the rest of that roster. It's such a young roster. Why are you going to keep holding a, a, an aging expensive quarterback like Kirk cousins when you have such a young roster that's coming up and you want to hit that, you know, that roster wants to like peak at the right time. And it probably feels like that right time is like next off season for that young quarterback. And so I don't blame them for being like, let's wait and see how things play out. And if Kirk wants to be back, he can sign a one year, 40, whatever that 38, 35, $40 million deal, or he can go hit the market and Kirk knows. And to Kirk's credit, he knows someone's probably going to pay him because he's an above average starting quarterback, even going to be 36. But I just think that the Vikings are at a point where they can't keep like bowing down to that or just like, like digging themselves that hole and continuing to dig themselves that hole. Not that Kirk's been bad. That's never been the – we've talked about this, Jason. Like, it's not about Kirk being bad. It's just like mm-hmm. the, all, all the other variables around it, too, that people just don't seem to want to consider. So, like, what's worst-case scenario in your view for the Vikings? Because, like, that's one thing that, like, I feel like in all these conversations we always have to, like, make sure that we say out loud is that, you know, we are Vikings fans first and foremost. Yeah. Like, there are players on the team that we enjoy, players that we like watching. But at the end of the day, we want the Vikings to win. And so I guess from your perspective, I'll start with you, Miles. Like, what would you say is, like, worst-case scenario and how this all plays out for the Vikings? I mean, for me, it's it's giving Kirk, uh, like, a we say long-term, but anything beyond 2024 extension that's, like, guaranteed money. Because I, anything that loses them flexibility beyond next season, because that dead cap hit that they already have with him with the void years that they added, um, I think that, to me, would be worst-case scenario. I just think – just the way this roster is coming up, they're trying to rebuild it and keep it young and inexpensive in a lot of areas because they know they got expensive players coming. I just think it'd be a, a bad decision at this point to cave and kind of give Kirk that long, like two to three year deal that has guarantees beyond next year. And Flip, how about you? What, what's what's worst case scenario for the Vikings and how this all plays out? Uh, it's, it's really any situation where they are an, are unable to get a realistic quarterback of the future. Um, whether that is a deep, a deep playoff run where they don't feel like trading up or whether they just don't like the eval on any of the 2024 draft class, all the, both of those scenarios kind of just make it really easy just to go back to Kirk, keep on kicking the, the can down the road. Um, honestly, I would be okay with a Kirk retire in Minnesota deal because I think that gives us time to, to, to develop people behind him, to trade for quarterbacks, to try other options, knowing that Kirk's in his sunset in sunset mode. But like Miles said, Kirk has never really operated in that sunset mode. Um, so, you know, a, a scenario where, 
were just saying, you know, Kirk or this complete unknown that we're not excited about, which is honestly what happened with with Kellen Mond, you know, is uh, doing that again three years later would be the worst case scenario for me. Okay. So, Flip, I'm going to stay with you on this one here because you weren't here last week and you mentioned it already. You know, Daniel Hunter, that's the other kind of really big thing that that is, you know, dominated the airwaves uh, and airtime for for the Vikings because, you know, Hunter, you know, we're talking about this window. Maybe it's two years, maybe it's three years for the team for like all these young pieces to peak. Hunter, if healthy, which is the caveat you got to throw in there, is a player that you could see kind of still playing at a high level in that window great player last season i think pff had a had him ranked seventh or graded seventh for edges last season still playing very well high level dramatically underpaid right now not gonna report until he gets more money and i'm curious to your perspective miles you know gave his thoughts on this last week but you know (laughs) Looking to get your thoughts, like where would you go in this situation? I guess, what do you think of this whole situation um, and kind of how would you handle it, I guess, if you were given the opportunity to? Well, yeah. So first from a roster standpoint, you know, obviously I'd love to keep the new Hunter, especially looking at the talent on that defense. There's a bunch of holes. There's a bunch of unknowns, but I think you can start to improve a defense that's still in a better scheme with Brian Flores' scheme if you still have Daniel Hunter, Harrison Smith, you know, you know, you, you see improvement or you see Lewisine on the field. You see Brian Asamoah take a step forward. That doesn't seem like a defense that is just forsaken to me, really, again, hinging on that scheme. So I want Daniel Hunter in Minnesota. I, ha- I want him being the number one edge rusher for us, a locker room leader, a versatile player who gives us versatility on the field. And I want him being, you know, bona fide, celebrated as a Vikings edge rusher in, in the long line of great edge rushers we've had in, in, in Minnesota. What what gets me about this situation where it's it's almost the opposite of Kirk Cousins, where look, Daniel, I get it. You have been underpaid for five, six years now. But this is the NFL, and you're gonna get paid on what you are going forward not what you are going backwards. No team, it's not just the Vikings, no team is going to be like, oh, my bad, you know, we understand you didn't get paid, so now we're going to give you a top-of-the-market deal. And you look at Daniel's analytic stats, you see him up there with, like, the TJ Watts of the world, Chris Jones, you see him up there with Miles Garrett. For me, like, again, I want him here, but I'm not giving him top-five edge money at this point based on where the team is and based on where he is going into his 30, 30 year old or 29, but 30 year old season after that, I would love a four year deal with Daniel Hunter. I would love to get him near that $20 million range, $19, $20 million range. But if he's coming in a negotiation saying, you know, look, I'm trying to set the market. I'm trying to get 24, 25 million. Then, then Daniel, you gotta, you, you just gotta, understand what's important to you. Are you really just looking for that big payday now because you never got it? Or do you want to be the number one guy in Minnesota? That's, that's kind of, this is mostly on Daniil's plate for me rather than Quasi's plate. And just one thing I'll say, setting the market for edge. I mean, that's, it's over. <laughs> yeah. We're talking almost, yeah. you're talking I, over yeah. 30 mil. So 
30 mil per which right you know, and like i said not i'm not going thing. above <laughs> like i'm not going far above 20 just because we're 30 you know he's he's going into he's turning 30 soon um the cap space is challenged and we got a young team so it's a it's a hard one i think you lean towards keeping him but at the same time again if he's trying to set the market then it's a no-brainer for me to 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 trade him off yeah and i guess the the last the last question i'd ask you on that point what would feel like fair compensation I, yeah, I, I haven't looked at the details of all those top five contracts, but again, I think fair compensation would be twenty-two to twenty-three per. Oh, sorry, four-year deal. I'm fair compensation, like you. Oh, in a like, trade, you can't trade in a trade. Yeah, it's a really low contract. Um, you're gonna have to, you know, the team that signs him is going to have to probably pay him. I don't think he has a no trade clause, but the team that trades for him also could, you know, try to try to just play him out on this deal and say, look, it's a prove it deal, Daniil. And if you play well for New Orleans, Miami, whoever it is, um, that's going to go well. So I would expect at least like a, a, a day two pick. I would hope for that. Um, again, I'm a little rusty with this blog thing with the trade value charts, but with a primo edge rusher and a low contract, that's what I would hope for. Awesome. So Miles, you and Flip seem seem pretty aligned on things in terms of the way you're thinking about this and the way you you would go about it. I guess uh, you know mm. any anything else to add in terms of what you're thinking there? I mean, it wasn't crazy, not exact, no. but like not crazy. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm on I'm on Team Daniel. Like I think yeah, we've talked like what like like you both talked about that man's been underpaid his like literally his entire career since that man walked into the league as a third round pick. He's outplayed basically every contract he's had. I don't like villainizing players when he got hurt for two years in a row as if, like, he didn't get hurt doing his fucking job. Like, <laughs> playing a dangerous – like, people are saying, like, oh, man, you got paid to sit on the couch. No, that man got hurt playing this yeah. sport and got paid for it. Like, that's, like, the least that he should get for that fact. Like, that, it's not like that, that man, like, was going out riding a motorcycle with Ben Roethlisberger and, and getting hurt doing stupid shit like that. He got hurt playing the sport and, got, like – doing things that he's supposed to be doing and got hurt. So like him, him like getting paid for that. Isn't like, Oh, you owe the team now. No, he owes the team nothing. And and so like that, that I hate that, that, that stuff bothers the hell out of me. But like, <laughs> so obviously where I agree with flip. Yes. I would love to Hunter to be here. I think if the Vikings could find a way to give him like a four year, 90 million type deal, I think that's like 20, if that's in that Bradley Chubb type range, mm-hmm. which I think would be fair. I think that 22, 21, 22, 20, 21, 22 million dollar range. Um, like to your point, Flip, I wouldn't give him top of the market. There's just no way. Um, yeah. Sorry. Like it, you just can't at this point. I mean, if, if a few years ago, I hate kind of walking myself back, but if he hadn't got hurt, he might have gotten that deal. Right. Like, yeah, but the injuries did impact it. That's not, I'm not trying to say injuries don't have an impact, but the injuries, like he might've gotten that two years ago. Whereas because he got hurt, he wasn't able to re up as early as he probably, you know, should have been able to. And so, I think the tough part there is that um, probably was holding him back, but um, from that like top of market deal, but I think now still getting really high guarantees for any type of deal I'd be, I'd be okay with, but I'm also okay with this idea that like with where the roster is kind of what you'd mentioned flip is if they do move him, like 
I, I'm kind of like at that point where I'm okay with it. As long as the return, obviously the return has to be good enough. Right. Because they don't have the, the draft capital moving forward to really go attack that quarterback in the draft, Daniil, like that return on Daniil would at least give you more ammo to do that. And to me, the most important factor moving forward, besides building up this young roster, is finding that young quarterback. And it makes it easier to find the young quarterback when you have more assets. And now that doesn't mean replacing or moving on from Hunter is like a good thing, or that doesn't mean that moving on from Hunter is like easy. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say that like as important as he is, you're in kind of this weird window where winning probably is going to be like very limited for this team, or at least the ceiling for this team with the, with the moves they made. That doesn't mean they can't be good, but I think there's a, an obvious cap on this, on this team where it's kind of like a, we'll see how good we are type of type of mentality, which I'm kind of okay with. Um, Mm -hmm. You hope young guys step up and do all that. And if they do, that probably raises your ceiling a little bit, but I also think they're okay with like being mediocre this year. And if that's the case, like why not go get assets for a guy like Daniel Hunter while you can. I mean, Nick, Nick Mullen, he's only 28. He's not, he's not doing it for him. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he signed a two year deal, right? Like Kirk, yeah. Kirk, where are you at? You got Nick Mullen signing a two-year deal. Why can't you? <laughs> Nick Mullen, Jaron Hall, you know, like we're 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 good to go. We're good to go. All right. Last thing before we uh before we get out of here. Obviously, OTA's mini camp, you know, at this point in the offseason, we're so starved for anything to do with football. And so uh you got you know Jalen Naylor torching our defense. That really caused for concern. Uh you got reports now of like, oh, you know, Kirk Cousins may be struggling with the Flores defense and like the pressures are coming from everywhere and it's taking, you know, guys on offense a little bit longer to kind of figure out what's going on as the defense dials things up. You got like the running back competition that's wide open, you know, players showing up, not playing, playing. I guess, Miles, I'll start with you on this one. When you are thinking about things or looking at this or analyzing where your team is at at this point in the season, what actually matters? Like, what are the things you're actually listening for? What are the things you're looking to see in highlights? What are the things you're listening for in the press conferences? Or is all of this kind of just filler until training camp for you? I mean, as a fan and, like, not being there and seeing things, it's probably more filler just because they're going to talk most people up or at least talk positively about almost everybody, which is fair. There's no reason not to. Um, but, like, how I, how I view it and what, what I view as important is where do they view the young guys going into training camp? And like we saw Brian Asamoah working in on the twos with Troy Reader getting reps at the, with the ones at middle linebacker, uh, the inside linebacker, like those types of things don't really bother me because I know Troy Reader wasn't brought in to be like a, a long-term starter. He was brought in to be depth and competition and a veteran that knows Kevin O'Connell and a little bit of the system. So I don't worry about those types of things. Um, I do worry about guys like uh, Andrew Boot Jr., Caleb Evans, um, and just to like not not in like and and um, Lewisine, not because they might be running with the twos or like kind of where they're in the pecking order, but it's more of like hearing they might not be looking as you know as ready going into cr- training camp as you'd like. Um, obviously, Booth and seeing injuries impact that, so I try to take that with a grain of salt because I think those guys probably do need a little bit more time to like fully recover. Um, even if they were full go for these camp, like these, they, the, so much full go is really isn't as full go as people think it is. So when they tell you they're going full go, that doesn't mean they're like 100% doesn't mean that like they're running these like training camp practices. So I think people need to take, take a step back when they view it that way as well. 
Um, a lot of it is learning and training right now and coaching um, to prep for training camp so that training camp can ramp up. So I try not to take like certain guys are torching certain guys because some guys are, might be working on certain technique things. They might be working on um, like specific um, coaching techniques and things that the coaches want them to work on. And sometimes that takes a while to work on to like to get up to speed on. And they might not be playing as fast as they will be hopefully come training camp and come season because they picked it up by that time because they've had more time to process and understand it. Whereas right now is really the, um, the like install period. So um, I try to take some of that with a grain of salt. Awesome. And flip for you, OTAs, mini camp. You said you're, you're, you're off the interwebs these days. Oh, my bad. You even know what's quick. happening. My bad real quick. I will say one thing too, is the offense has the advantage over the defense in the, in this type of scenario as well especially an offense that is returning all of its starting players, essentially quarterback coach, you know, star receivers, you know, all those players, the offensive line, they have the head start over the, the defense in, in these in instances because the defense is new. And a lot of those players are turned over and not, are not turned over from last year. They're newer or younger players. So I, I think that as well is something to, to, to like try not to like overreact to too much. Awesome. Flip, what about you? Uh, you? You asked if I even knew what was going on. It's true. <laughs> like, like, have you gone to Sports uh, Illustrated? What's, the what's, Reddit tell, what's, what's Reddit telling you, Flip? <laughs> I'm not even on Reddit. Let's see. I, I know I know JJ showed up. I know Stefan Diggs didn't. Hey, don't <laughs> know that. <laughs> let's, not, let's not do it. Don't do it. I know where that was I don't, going. You're about, you about to get an angry call from Matt when this when this when this recording is over. <laughs> Just needed another day to make sure people knew he still existed. It's all good, Stefan. <laughs> I see you. Um, I think Miles covered it. You know, I I try not to read into any type of competitions. For me, I'm probably at this point in this season, just off season, just trying to think about like the guys that have been anointed, the guys that have survived the regime change two years now. And so you've got new contracts for everybody from Kirk Cousins to Alex Madison, right? Um, CJ Ham still kicking around. You know, we need a big year from Brian O'Neill. I think we need a big year from Harrison Smith. These guys that have really come in um, and and, under the old regime, but the new regime has said, okay, you're still going to be here. I think Harrison Phillips is flying under the radar right now we need a huge year for him and if Daniil stays then yeah Daniil I mean he's got to have that banner season so those are the kinds of guys I'm looking for tracking obviously making sure that they're there they're not they're they're hopefully out of the recovery room and on the field just getting as many reps as they can because you know like whether it's Andrew Booth or Caleb Evans or Makai they'll figure that out in week four, five, six, you know, down the road. But there's not, no part of this works if Alex Madison just isn't it or if Harrison Smith looks like he lost a step. So those are the guys that I'm like, okay, show me you're showing up to work every day, you know, that type of stuff. All right. And, you know, at this point in the offseason, every player who maybe is a little nicked up, they're all going to be there for the start of training camp. Everyone's going to be healthy by the time training camp starts. So we got nothing to worry JJ, good. Addison, good. Everybody will be ready for training yeah. camp. And yeah. that's what we love to hear. Well, that's it. That's all. We made it through. 
Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Flip, thank you for making time with everything that you got going on over there. I'm sure course, there's some man. aunties in the other room calling you in to tell you to get back to work. So uh... It's a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> a little break. Yeah, a little break. A little break. And Miles, I know you got to go do bedtime. So, like, that's it. That's all. We are done. And I'm going to see if I can play this outro without messing it up. <laughs>